All right, before we get started, this edition of the Dam Podcast is brought to you by Scott Santana of Farmers Insurance. You can reach Scott at 503-393-6771 in Kaiser, Oregon. That's Scott Santana Farmers Insurance, 503-393-6771. Well, welcome back into another edition of the Dam Podcast. Brandon Sprague, 1080 The Fan, Angie Machado, beaverblitz.com. Back once again. Angie, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I feel a little tired. I got to be honest with you. I, I don't want to be complainy media guy, but with the Blazer season, Beaver football, I just it's radio stuff that's behind the scenes. There's a lot going on this time of year, so I'm just a little tired today. A little well, bit. hey, it's I'm I'm cold, so hey, it's kind <laughs> of. I'll, I'll, oh, and see, there's a there's a ding. What What do you mean? There's a ding. My my phone just dinged. Is, damn podcast, we want to break some news right now. Oh, Boom. it's that kind of ding. It's a ding. I mean, things happen with Beaver football at all times. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I could be just starting a damn podcast, but look at this. The Beavs just picked up a commitment. Okay, wait a minute. Hold on. Before you read it real quick, you're telling me that you got an actual text back <laughs> verification, <laughs> that- and you didn't read a, t- a tweet or, or find another way to get you actually communicated? No, I, I actually text these kids and call them. That's crazy. You know, it's, it's crazy. I know. It's a I know. Crazy concept. I, I don't, okay. I don't what's stalk them? I, I, I just <laughs> I have a phone number. I call or text. Um, yeah. So Oregon State. Little backstory. I don't. I mean, obviously, I don't know the whole story yet. But Oregon State offered a um, cornerback, a JUCO cornerback slash wide receiver today by the name of Timmy Hernandez, out of Pima Community College. He has four years to play three, and he is a early qualifier, so he can be here in January. He just—I I texted him to say congrats on the offer, and you know, is Oregon State looking at you as a cornerback or a wide receiver? Because he's a big, physical kid, and with the new Datron Guyton news, I, I wondered. Mm-hmm. And he said first they wanted me as a corner, but now they've switched me to wide receiver. I have not planned a visit, but I just commit it now. Wow! Boom. Just like and that, will huh? Be in Corvallis in January. That is that's really good news for the program. It, um, yeah, it's needed. I mean, I they need a JUCO corner as well, but um, heck, six four, wide receiver. God, yeah. I mean, they already have a stud one of those right now in Villeman. Yeah, this I, I'm I'm looking up his stuff right now. His his stats for you, Beaver Beaver uh, fans here. He is from Mountain Point High School originally. Sorry, this is this is what happens when things happen. Hey, like, no, ooh. look, this is uh, this is this is kind of what this podcast is about. Is you work with rivals, you work BeaverBlitz.com, you get recruiting news. You you have to tell us. It, it's it's boom it right here. Um, actually, he's a six one one ninety five. So um, yeah, look at that. Jeez Louise, you know this role that they're on right now in recruiting. Uh, if you, I mean, if you're going to focus on anything positive, I, I don't know what you see on field that makes you positive with anything at all, but it's off the field and building the program that does leave you optimistic. Now, you guys were all over this. Uh, Travis Rice works for BeaverBlitz.com. Uh, I saw his tweet where he said, Oregon State, because of recent recruits that committed, has now jumped Arizona in Pac-12 uh Recruiting, recruiting rankings. class rankings, yeah. So and uh, Oregon State right now. Are you ready for this? Yeah, it's ranked thirty sixth in the nation recruiting rankings. Thirty sixth. That's big. I mean, really is big. That, is, you're using the rivals, right? 
Yes. Okay, let yes. me, uh, I want to see something real quick. It's been pretty amazing to watch that go on. I mean, I know the season and the actual play and people want us to get on and talk about the team and the depth and whatnot, but like, I think when you have a two-win season, just don't, you can't lie to yourself. Like, we, you don't want us to talk about a 41 and nothing loss, which by the way, I don't. I don't know if that was the first time they'd been shut out since maybe the '90s in the first ten years since Riley when Riley's first ten year. I mean, so, well, I think I think we heard in the press box. I think they were shut out at Wisconsin. Well, I mean, like at home though. Oh, at home. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that goes back to Riley's first ten year at OSU. So it's been a long time since you've seen a performance like that at Reeser Stadium. And I, people, do you really want to hear about that? Because I mean, they're a two win program. I mean, they are who they are. But it's been amazing watching them do this in recruiting. Oh, it's been big. And, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, does a season like this affect recruiting in a, in a negative way, you know, especially when you have visitors on campus? And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here and say no, especially for this staff right now. Yeah. Um, that game on Saturday might have been one of the ugliest games I've seen in Research Stadium. And I've seen some doozies. Um, but they ended up landing two commitments out of Utah in uh, three-star Riley Sharp and three-star Doug Taumolau. Um, Doug is a defensive end, 6'3", 205-pound defensive end. Uh, and then Riley Sharp is an interesting one. He's a 6'5", 220-pound tight end slash outside linebacker and told us that Oregon State likes him as an outside linebacker rush end kind of hybrid player. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a mission kid, um, so he is planning to leave as soon as high school. He graduates high school in summer 2016 to be back summer of 18. So that's that's kind of the sticky point right there is, you know, the kids that are going on missions. Yeah. Hard to get too excited about that, but two commitments right there out of the gate, and uh, I do expect possibly one more from that group of visitors that was uh, here this past weekend. So I'm looking at recruiting rankings right now, and granted, like some of this stuff can change drastically. They're ahead of Washington. They're ahead of Arizona, Washington State. Uh, they're ahead of TCU. Wow. They're ahead of Texas right now for 2016, BYU, Oklahoma. Again, this is still a little early. Some of these Yeah, this is early. Them. But they're ahead of those, and here's the really interesting one. Nebraska? Nebraska is number 40, and Oregon State is number 36. Nebraska has 16 uh, total, and Oregon State has 18. And, and you know, I, w- I was on the radio earlier today with Mike Parker and, and John Warren, and we talked a little about this, and, and things can change, obviously. I mean, December and January are huge months. I mean, it's my busiest time of year, those two months. Oh, but, yeah. Um, you know, now, you know, once Oregon State gets their, their core guys, it goes into protection mode. And there are some guys that are looking. I mean, you have Christian Wallace, the four-star athlete out of Texas, is taking an official visit this weekend to Mississippi State. Before Beaver fans completely panic, <laughs> this was something that was planned. I mean, when he committed, the, the story we ran on him the night he committed, he told us that, yeah, coaches know I do plan to take my trip to Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Coaches know it. They know he's going this weekend. You know, you hope they're playing the, or Alabama. It's a big time game atmosphere, but um, you know he's also made some really good connections with fellow commits that he, uh, you know, future teammates. So you just hope that he he sticks true to his his word and sees what else is out there, but stays with Oregon State. But that's the the nature of the beast. And don't doubt yourself one minute that Gary Anderson and his staff aren't talking to other guys that possibly are committed elsewhere. So. 
Let me ask you, in a, in a program in a situation like like this, uh, recruiting is the lifeblood of a program, but mm-hmm. this was a season where some people thought anywhere from three to six. I, I would say that would that would be the average uh, number. That would go from one, you know, one end of the spectrum to the other of wins that this program could have. And anytime you get a new head coach, you look for improvement, especially as the season progresses. I'm curious what you've made of the development of the team slash improvement of the players uh, at this point in the season with this coaching staff. It's interesting. We had this exact same conversation on Blitz earlier in the week. And, uh, you know, my opinion is there's there's been some games that I think they've taken big steps forward. And then last week there were some steps back. But um, you can't be will, you know, this is a brand new staff, very young, and then injuries. And you, you can't use that as an excuse or a crutch. But when you were that young and that thin to begin with, and, and we've seen two starting cornerbacks carted off in an ambulance, We've seen one, you know, with an ankle foot injury. So yeah. out of your, your already thin cornerback depth, you have three guys that are, are missing significant time. Running backs, they were down to Storm Woods by the second half this past weekend. Mm-hmm. That was it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, injuries take their toll. Freshman quarterbacks are going to have freshman quarterback moments. You know, Nick Mitchell, he, he doesn't want to throw three picks and, and fumble the ball away. It happens. Matt Moore, I think, threw five one game. So um, I think I was at that game. You were, yeah. It was, yeah, I think I, I think honestly was. I think I remember hearing, and maybe I was, and maybe it was a three pick game or something. But I feel like I was at that five pick game, and I remember hearing fans and just the expletives that they let fly. Oh yeah, I mean Joey Harrington, for goodness sakes, you yeah. know. I mean it happened. It happened. He was, you know, a, a junior or senior that year. So um, that kind of stuff happens. Um, it's it's staying the course. The, the one thing that I can say that has made me optimistic is the fact that this team hasn't quit. And we saw a couple times last year and the year before that the team did quit. So um, there's some fight in these guys. They're young. Um, and for the most part, we hear great stories that this team has bought into the staff and what they're doing. You See, know, even seniors that yeah. wish they had a, a few more years because they know things are going to be turning around. And again, I, I, I'm of the opinion, like, you can, you can be a little bummed, but you should still be optimistic. And it's really tough to gauge a first-year head coach and his staff with a program like Oregon State. But here's where we may differ a little bit. Uh, and pr- some people probably listen to this will think, oh, here comes Sprague with his Riley Homerism. And, and I don't want this to come out this way, that way. But I do find it interesting that some people think, like, when the team had a bad game last year, they quit. And when the team loses 41 to nothing, the team hasn't quit. I'm curious, like, you, you said that. So I'm curious what makes you say that, like, it's hard to compare like their apples to oranges because of the the roster and and the you know the amount of experience that they had. But I'm curious what makes you say that about this staff in a blowout compared to maybe Riley the last couple of years in a blowout. I you know I'm basing most of it on just body language of the team. You know I mean you watch that that Washington game last year. Guys are off not paying attention. They're off talking, laughing. They're not in that game at all. By the end, mm-hmm. this game they were still engaged. They were still out there fighting, trying to you know make plays. That's you know that's kind of my gauge. As long as the guys are still you know in it, yeah. If, if they're sta- sitting on the bench and you know looking up in the stands, pointing at cute girls, <laughs> yeah, 
you know, they're, they've checked out. So, it, um, yeah, it, it just, for me, it has been interesting to see that, um, that narrative go around. And I, I totally, I get what you're saying. Um, I just, I think there's been part of me where, again, I'm, I'm trying to hold parts of my opinions and my thoughts back because I think I am being unfair at times with what I'm thinking and I'm looking at the situation from my standpoint of, of seeing what they have, and there's not a whole hell of a lot there. And I, yeah. I, I, I listen to that as much as anybody else. I totally buy into it. But I'll be honest, there's a part of me that I think it's absolute BS that you pay a coach X amount that you're paying him, and I feel like I haven't seen any improvement. Now, there have been mm-hmm. games, there have been moments, but again, like these guys, this is not peewee football these these kids don't get juice boxes and we tell them all everything they want to hear and we get participation trophies this is big business football that you're talking about and the program went all in on gary anderson and his staff they've given him money that nobody thought they could afford and i i I tell you there are times especially there were saturday where i just i found myself thinking are you kidding me like do something like have like show me something, and I just feel like a lot in this second half of the season I haven't seen much. Okay, so but I'll just play devil's advocate here. No, yeah, I hope you. You know do. what? I mean, so what is Gary Anderson to do mm-hmm. when you have players that might not be Pac-12 players? That's a very good question, and so I think it's a you can only question. take twenty-five scholarships. You're not yeah. going to just go. He wasn't going to come in in December and January and just implode the entire team. No, you can't do that. So um, it's it's an interesting conundrum. I mean, you it got, is. You gotta. You might want a steak dinner, but you might not be able to have a steak dinner. You know, they might be out <laughs> of steak, so you might be having hamburger steak tonight. But um, and I and I don't mean that as a knock toward any of the players because they're they're all trying. They're they're a lot of them are really good kids. But no, that's um, okay. I mean, look, I, it strength is, wise, it is what it is. you know, strength wise, and and a lot of it system wise. You yeah. know, this, these are guys that Riley brought in and Banker brought in because of a pro style offense and a defense that Banker that he ran, and he was really he was trying anything he could mm-hmm. to get guys to defend the spread. So he was going smaller, faster athletes. Anderson wants big and fast athletes. So um, they're not, you know, the strength. I mean, Anderson said that since he got here, that the strength is not where it needs to be. Um, So uh, that, that's my, my callback to you is he might be making a million, $2 million, but he can't turn them into all Americans. If you know, if they're not all American. No, and I know, look, I get the money thing to bring up. That's that's pretty much unfair, too, because it's not like he set the market for paying coaches in college football. That's just where the athletics programs are. But I, I can never take, I can't not think about something like, like, like Nebraska, just to keep the reference sake. I've seen so many people say, are you kidding me? We're paying, I mean, they're really invested in $5 million in the whole Mike Riley experiment with buyouts and everything mm-hmm. else that's included. And so you, you come to put that in your books and you come to put that in perspective of, of fandom. And that's kind of what I do. Now, let me let me ask you this question, because you would remember this a little more than I would. Uh, not to not to offend I'm you. I'm old. Well, no, <laughs> you're only like two years older than me. Uh-huh, only. So 96, Pettibone's okay. last year. They're two and nine. Yeah. This team's not winning another game. So this could be their first two-win season since 96. Okay. Riley comes in in 97 and wins three games. Mm-hmm. 
where do you think talent compares to the 97 team that had just come off a two-win season? Because he at least won three games. And I'm okay. curious what you so think. So I'm not that. that old. See, that's my – I mean, I'm old, and I, I mean, I was around, but I was a student during yeah. those times. Well, that's, I, I had, well, that, I had you way too much paying attention. Like, those I had the way times. too much stuff in my uh, Kool Aid to be oh, paying it that close geez. attention. Well, I'm I'm curious what people are going to be saying about it. And maybe but we that's get... a good one for the podcast listeners. So yeah. you know, go ahead and tweet us or um, talk. To, let's talk in the lodge about this. Where does this team stack up talent wise to the '97 team? And I think I I just I really firmly believe this. I think it's a valid question. Now, person that, you know, people that went to OSU and weren't drinking the spiked Kool-Aid that Angie was and remembers those games, <laughs> I think that's a very valid, like, I'd love to hear from those people, whether whether it's at beaverblitz.com or on Twitter, uh, one way or the other, we'll find out what people say about it. But I am curious what the perspective is uh, compared to the 97 team and this team, because I'm looking at it right now on football reference, 95, 1 and 10, 92, 2 and 9, 97, 3 and 8. And, you know, it's it's tough to get recruiting classes and have an idea of where they're at in the, the tenure of some of those students. Are they juniors? Are they seniors? Um, but if you just assumed that Pettibone had freshmen his first year when they went 1 and 10, they went 1 and 9 the next year, let's, let's say sophomores. Four and seven juniors, four and seven seniors started over at one and ten in '95, and two years later they were three and eight, and Riley took over. So if you go by that classification, they're a far more experienced team. But I am curious from people that if that was really the fact, if that was reality then, and how you kind of feel compared to that team to this team, because that was Riley's worst year as a head coach, three and eight at OSU, but, or you know, three you and nine also- as well in 2011, but. It, it is apples and oranges to some extent too, because Oregon State had they put no money into anything back then. Yeah, there was no money into facilities. There was no money. You know, football was kind of an afterthought. And Doesn't that kind of until- give you a little more reason to say that? I mean, a little more like this is a little more disappointing. Oh, completely. But to me, my you know my my response there is it's disappointing that the longest tenured coach in the Pac-12 who, you know, should have had this program built up to a point that it was consistently had, you know, not only good athletes or, like, you know, solid Pac-12 athletes, but it should have been, you should have had a nice division of seniors, juniors, left it, you know, it was in this place Mm -hmm. where you're playing 32 freshmen. Yeah, Um, I think that's a really good point. I hope that we hear back from some people. And whether that's at beaverblitz.com, again, or at Twitter or on Twitter, I should say, at Brandon Sprague, at Angie Machado 1. Uh, I would love to get some people's opinions about that. I generally... and, and there was some talent there. I mean, I, Tim Alexander, when he committed and signed, that was like big, big news. I remember sitting in our sorority breakfast room talking with our houseboys about the, how big that was. Like, and as if we got Timmy. Tim Alexander's coming. <laughs> I was a big football fan, even then. Oh, even so if I drank Kool-Aid. But... Really a Valley girl, right? No, I was not a Valley okay, girl. Okay, okay. Then I apologize. But, um, <laughs> no, I mean, that was like a big deal back then, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I mean, those were some days, though. I mean, gosh, we could have a whole podcast dedicated to the 90s. Yeah. The Shanklin Shuffle. Oh, man. Let's yeah. let's not let's not go f- too far down the <laughs> rabbit hole. It here. makes people feel better, though, maybe. 
Eh, I mean, coaching-wise, yeah, because you had, Or maybe not. You had Pettibone, and you had to deal with a lot of crap. Pettibone, you had, uh, you had Craig Thorpe there in the early 90s. That's way before my time. I, yeah, well, I know, you're, you're kind of going back. That's there, but, back when I was still rooting for USC and showed up, you know, to watch Todd Marinovich play in my Cardinal and Gold. There you go. So yeah. I'm, I'm curious to hear from people on that topic. I mean, maybe they Sprague's an idiot. Like, 97's team had way more than, than this year's. And if that's so, fine. I, I just want to know. Like, I don't care if I'm an idiot. I know I'm an idiot. That's We know you're an idiot. Yeah, we like we all know how dumb I am. Like, that's that's what it is. I, in fact, I'll tell you how dumb I am. I'll, I'll admit this on the damn podcast. I had a moment this year where I totally forgot about some players in the 90s. And I said, oh, Oregon State starting Seth Collins. This is probably their first black quarterback, right? <laughs> and I got lit up and a friendly little reminder of, uh, no, dude, no, do you not remember? And it was like a list of five, six names. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, well, I'm sorry I don't remember. And I am a moron, so. Uh, but you were probably in diapers then, so. Ouch, I mean. The days yeah. of Donnie Shanklin, Adrian Woodson, Tim Alexander. Tim Alexander, yeah. I mean, look, I. I vaguely remember those teams, but admittedly, that's why I bring up the topic of, uh, oh, yes. of, of 1997. Some of you um, wiser Beaver fans, enlighten us. Let us know. We're begging you to let us know. Um, I kind of want to switch a little bit, unless you had anything else. I, see, I heard your phone earlier. you had any more nuggets you want to drop? No, it was just it was, it was was Timmy Hernandez just responding back. Oh, okay. Telling me to have a good day. Oh, oh what a nice young man. Yep, yeah, what a good... It's what you want. Yep. Um, we'll transition to Daytron Guyton being dismissed from the team after the UCLA game. I believe it was announced Monday that he was dismissed from the OSU program. He had 14 catches on the year, redshirt freshman. Uh, and I don't think this, if you cover the team or you follow it really closely and read everybody's work, I don't know if this was much of a shock. Um, but I still think every time, anytime a kid gets dismissed, Especially when there's like not you know not drug issues or or whatever. When every time a kid gets dismissed, I still think there's a little bit of like, oh really? And that's kind of what I had with Guyton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the, something went down though at the game, and um, you know people were discussing it on Blitz that were sitting on the players' side of the you know the the OSU home side, and um, some disagreements, some arguments, something happened, and but obviously it wasn't first offense. I mean, he got relegated back to, to scout team yeah. and. Earlier in the year, he didn't, you know, make a trip. So, um, yeah, it's always a bummer. You know, you always want the best for these guys. and But sometimes just maturity needs to kick in, and maybe they find that somewhere else. It sounded like he had a run-in with uh, Brent, Brent, uh, Brent Brennan on the sidelines amongst, you know, a couple other players as well of just, for whatever reason, he was really upset. Well, John with the ref first half wanting some calls to go his way. And then, uh, I, yeah, so Oregon State in the third quarter came out. I think they had just got the ball on a kickoff, and uh, the Beavs had to burn a timeout. And I'm guessing he might have been lined up wrong because um, I saw out in the field, up, you know, from way up high in the press box, you could see Brennan had him, was talking to him, and he kind of walked off, and he was not in the play then when they relined up. So, um Yeah. We can we can sit and speculate all we want, but that's what I saw. And yeah. So, you know, best of luck to him. And it, it's always tough, like you said, but Oregon State needs guys that want to be team players and 
you know, can can get things down, nailed down. Yeah, and it's... Uh, Shouldn't be lining up wrong by the ninth game of the no, season. No, no, you shouldn't. I think maybe that just goes to further the conversation we just had about where the team's at and, exactly. and development is like, that's kind of what he's dealing with is like the coach. But at the end of the day, Gary, Gary Anderson's going to be judged really on what he's going to have in three, four years. And we'll kind of get a feel of like, okay, where's this going? But first year, I think it's always important for people, even like myself, like admittedly where I have these thoughts... Uh, at times during bad moments, like it's like, uh, coach can only do so much, and you're teaching new philosophies, new culture, new everything, and it's like at times we don't as fans realize how often that may be happening for a team. Defensive players, I mean, the Arizona game is still a head scratcher in my opinion for a lot of people, and uh, you know, I, I think maybe there's more to that than just saying, "Hey, Kalani Sataki really sucked that game." It, it, there's a lot that goes into it for these guys, and. You know, that, that's what happens. And so maybe Daytron Guyton's kind of a, a nice, it's unfortunate for him, but it's like a nice reminder to fans of really what's going on within the program. Yeah, and that's something, you know, we've had some discussions on just some fans and I. And remember, so when a new coach takes over, you typically have a little bit of attrition because, you know, for whatever reason, a kid doesn't want to play or it's not the same offense that he was recruited to or the same defense. So you have that. But where you really kind of have a, a, a bigger drop-off is after year one because then guys really do realize, like, oh, whoa, what did I get myself into? Or, man, I'm not going to play. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? So um, that's where, you know, we've heard some recruiting numbers. Earlier in the year it was kind of in that 11 to, you know, 14, 15 range. And now Coach Anderson said post game that they could take 18 to 25. Wow. So, um, you know, there's going to be some attrition. There's going to be some movement. It's just the nature of the beast. All right. Uh, you want to do some damn questions? Let's do some questions. Okay, I'll start. I'll start it this week. I know you pro- you probably have a couple as well. Uh, the first one that we got was from at Nolan underscore Kaysen. He says, uh, how goes the recruiting for the O-line? Also, do we have any JCDN prospects in the works? Well... O-line is not a huge, huge priority right now. Um, they got three guys last year they really like. It's a pretty young group. Josh Andrews is coming back next year. Or, or I'm sorry, Gavin Andrews. Um, so it's that is not a huge priority. There is a target that I'm keeping my eyes on, Frederick Malagoa from, and I totally said it wrong because it's that G and Samoan. Hey, I, you don't need to explain it, Angie. Like I would do way worse than that. <laughs> So um, he is in Pongo Pongo, and he is definitely one I'm watching. I saw him at the opening. He actually made it to the opening here um, in Portland at Nike campus in July, and uh, a really, really talented young man. As far as the end, yes, 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 and yes. Oregon State, that's probably their top priority right now is getting some big-time defensive ends that are ready to play right now. Um, Also kind of that linebacker that hybrid linebacker DN that can come in and play immediately. Those are two areas that uh, the staff is hitting really hard. Beautiful. That's good to hear. That's some really good stuff. Um, I'll ask, I'll, I'll get in, I'll do another one and I'll let you go. Um, this one's from at blitz. Adam, here's a question. How about a shout out from Adam Nicholson? You know him very, very well. I know him a little bit, really great guy. Uh, shout out to you. I know you're kind of a P1 of the podcast, and I know Angie and myself really appreciate it. He did have a question, though, in all seriousness. He said, after Valley Football Center renovation, what's next for facility upgrades? 
pertaining to football, and he even had a little hoops question mark. Wow. Go, Adam. Well, first of all, Adam is awesome. If you're not a member of Blitz, Adam is uh, has been a long-time contributor to our site with recruiting. He keeps his finger on the pulse of, you know, a lot of the social media stuff that I yeah. might not be able to see all the time. And we've got him starting, he's starting to do some recruiting calls for us and do some updates and he's done an amazing job. So Adam, you're awesome. He's been on that beat since I think even back to the days when I was in college. I yeah, that's but when I you know, him. then he has, he has, um, he has a couple twin. He has a twin boy, and girl, they're adorable. So family life and, and paying the bills and his oh, real, yeah. His quote, real job, um, keeps him busy. But yeah. uh, we've gotten him getting his feet wet here, and he's he's doing a great job. Um, facility, obviously, the uh, old side of Reeser, the press box side, yep. needs to be the next priority after Valley. So, excuse me, that is a, uh, you know, it's a big one, and it's a lot of money, but it's something that really, really needs to happen. And in my opinion, Oregon State can't piecemeal that. They can't. You know, just try to retrofit a few things. It needs to mirror the other side. Mm-hmm. It need, They need to finish that stadium off the way it is intended to be finished. Uh, hoops, I mean, Gill is Gill. There's not a lot, um, you know, unless the big one hits and it is destroyed. Um, it, you, know, you talk to some of the players, though. I talked to guys at Basketball Media Day and asked them about Gill. And now that they have the indoor or the new practice facility, which is beautiful, yeah, a locker room there, they – they actually kind of like the quaintness of Gill and how loud it can get, and it has that field house mentality. So I, I don't ever, I, and I'll go on record saying it. I if that ever happens, the day Gill goes down, I'll be incredibly sad. I hope it never gets torn down. The old barn needs to stay up. We renovated the outside what three years ago, I think. Uh, so it looks fine on the outside, in my opinion. I don't know why you need a gaudy basketball arena anyway. You're on a college campus. It looks a lot like what Dukes does on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, the inside, I think the inside could use some work, um, but that's just like doing reseating and you know making it a little more comfy for people. And you know, and there's been some talk that they could lower the the floor down, make it more of a bowl atmosphere. And um, I don't know, know if a- I would like that. That would be uh, that'd be a little strange, wouldn't it? I, I think so, and I mean, I talked to a lot of longtime fans of Oregon, and frankly, you know, they they miss Matt Court. Oh, I I can't even tell you. I got a ton of friends. Uh, my my co-host on 1080, all ducks, and uh, it, talking about stuff like that. It's always interesting because it's all universal. Like Matt Knight's or Matt, Matt Matt Knight Arena is nice, and they get good concerts there. But it's like at the end of the day, you want a great college environment. Matt yeah. Knight is not that. No, it's not. It's like playing a game at the Rose Garden. No, honestly, it really is an NBA stadium. I think their no, attendance is. is like sixteen to eighteen thousand, somewhere in between. That that's the Blazers are twenty. So I mean, you're really they're looking. Not, they're not pulling that though. That's the thing. It's it's empty. No, yeah, and that's the unfortunate part. And and, and USC, the same issues going on at SC. Yeah, with with their new arena. So I yeah, I'm with you. I mean, they could they could do some things inside, but now that the players have the practice facility, it's. Uh, you know, and it's all right there. Yeah, Everything it, is yeah. right there. So, but good question, Adam. It's not a big. It's not a big priority, in my opinion. I think you got the facility. Uh, that was tough enough in itself to get. You just don't don't make a priority out of fixing Gill. I'd rather them finish the football stadium and make that thing a whole bowl now and just close it all off and you know give the alums because most of the alums sit on that side. Give them a, some nice seats, some some nice seating options. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Get some nice. 
Okay, I'm just going through my questions here. Sea Beaver, Seattle Beaver says, do the coaches realize how big of a game and how big of a rivalry the Civil War is, or at least used to be? That's a really great question, and I'm glad somebody's finally asked that. Um, No, uh, no, not at all. And, you know, look, they're going to say all the right things, and they understand what a rivalry game is. Wisconsin, Utah with BYU – They'll get like they'll understand the concept of a rivalry game, but you kind of have to go through at least one of these to really get it. I mean, right? I mean, it, yeah. the programs are on different levels right now, but you, you still have to go through one to really understand it. And so, I think they'll say and you know act like, oh yeah, we get that this is a big game. Well, wait until they go through a game and at pers- Austin, no less. Yeah, so and it's going to be at Austin, and I'm I'm going to be a bummer brand in here. I think Oregon's going to kick their ass. Uh, and when they go through that, I think then they'll be like, okay, well, like this should be the priority. Like this is the game. You know what I mean? That's the big deal. Yeah. I mean, someone like Kalani or, you know, he should know a little bit just because he's played Oregon. But it, it does have a different feel. And I'm not going to say that it's not a hate it rivalry because it is. But Mark Helfrich is just kind of a good guy. <laughs> he's I mean, too honestly, nice. you know, he's, he doesn't. I mean, think back to the days of Bilotti and Chip Kelly. Yeah. I mean, those guys would just say some of the most idiotic stuff that really just fired up the fan base. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, to the point that when Dennis Erickson was here, his first year, they actually did a joint Civil War luncheon. I guess that used to be the norm. It was like you'd get Portland area Duck and Beaver fans together for this big joint Civil War. That's pretty cool. After one year, Dennis said no, never Uh... again. Uh, see, so, um, I, I do miss that. I'm with you. I think there is a total different feel, and I think a lot of that has to do with not only where the programs are kind of at and have been, but uh, th- there needs to be a little more. I, I think fans need to be respectful when they're at each other's arenas, and a little friendly trash talk is okay. Some people are always going to blow it out of proportion, but I think I'm with you on that. There's not a feel that it's a rivalry game. Oh, I mean, it is still, but it doesn't have that but, I mean, when complete you, you, you lost... vitriol you know, of... It would make the. I mean, Beaver fan, would it make your season if the Beavs could somehow beat the Ducks this year? Would uh, it just make everything okay? Yes, everything. <laughs> I are you kidding me? Like if that happened, I would be the idiot that put a hundred dollars down on Oregon State potentially winning the conference next year at Vegas. Like that's <laughs> that's where that level of win would do for my confidence. And you know, I think part of it, the problem for me is I I know that rivalry game's big. Like I grew up here. Like you get the feel. Uh, whether you're elementary school, middle school, high school, college, and adult, there's different times in your life like where f- f- friends, family have changed based on who's better or whatnot. But for me, it's you haven't been close. Like you've had one game in this seven year stretch where you probably should have won the game based on how you played and held Oregon in check, but you didn't. You lost. Every other game's been a blowout for seven for yeah. seven straight years, and I think that wears on people. So I know how big it is. I know it's a rivalry game, but I just I, I want a close one. I want it to be fun again. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I will guarantee this though. My kids' elementary school does a Civil War food drive starting next week. Uh huh. And I can, as Coach Andrews used, used to say, I can guarantee that the Beavers are going to win that one. Really? Oh, completely. Are you kidding me? Costco better look out. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're tra- uh, talking trash on that level. <laughs> I mean, serious. Hey. I'm all I, for my, it. My poor kids, you know, is they're they're coming. Mom, seriously? <laughs> yeah, bring it. Those duck fans aren't gonna, you know. That's hilarious. 
You got another, so, you got another one? I do. Coach Baldwin, uh, this is from Beeve in Washington. He says, Coach Baldwin hinted at a backfield surprise on Saturday. The thought might be that Paul Lucas may be lining up at running back. Any insight to that rumor? And can Lucas be a potential running back in this offense moving forward? Hmm. Um... Yes, moving forward, Lucas can. Running back is an interesting one, though. He's not he played a, running back in high school. He's not a very big kid, though, in college. Yeah, he's not very big. Um, but, I mean, look. And neither is Victor Bolden. Yeah, exactly. Victor Bolden's not. I mean, you got to – like Taj Griffin, for example, comes to my mind in the conference of a smaller, uh, fast guy. I'm okay with it, though. I mean, I, if Gary Anderson and Baldwin are – if that's a real thing for them – uh, I don't know how true that is, but I I would like to see it tried. I mean, I mean at this fat, point, what does fat. it hurt? So I mean, you put him and you know maybe put him in motion. I don't know. The, the staff likes to move people around and mix things up. I, it, it could happen. Would you want it to? Hey, at this point, I'm kind of with them. Try whatever. Yeah, see if something sticks. That's kind of where I'm at too. It's like what what what's going to happen? Like what's worse yeah. that happens? So um, I got one. From at black and orange eighty six, uh, somebody has Collins. Well, he wrote Scuttlebutt has Collins going wide receiver. Do we know anything about his route running hands, etc.? Obviously, athletic. Uh, well, he's never played running or wide receiver. So, is, Scut- is Scuttlebutt a reference? I'm not getting. It's it's like the rumor mill. Oh, oh okay. Rumor mill. What's the, where does that originate? Like, I'm really out of loop on that one. I don't know. I honestly don't. Okay, know. well, scuttlebutt has Collins going receiver. I've heard that too. I heard that thrown out like a week ago. Um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it would be nice to get him on the field, just because he's such such an athlete. You don't sound like you're banking on that one. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't see it. See it, but you never know. I, I just don't know how his hands and route running would be. I could see him more as a running back out of the backfield. Well, are we take, re- a, take a little pitch or something out of the backfield? Are we ready to say that he can't develop any kind of passing ability? Oh gosh, no. We just haven't seen it. But see, that's what's interesting is like I that rumor comes about. Other people have tweeted all season. Hey, like I've gotten tweets of shouldn't this kid just be a running back? Like, I mean, maybe maybe some people are already convinced and they're out on him as a quarterback. But I mean, he's had times where he's looked good. He's he's scored of a. He's sort of an Oregon State Colin Kaepernick, like where he's such a freak athlete, and at times he shows you his big arm and what he's able to do, and other times it looks just abysmal. But I'm not ready to just give up and say that he should start a new position. I I, no. I want to see what he can do in the off season. Yeah, I mean that's just it. You can't give up completely. But um, I mean he's an athlete, so my my thinking is get him on the field. But I I have not seen him try to run routes and catch passes, so I cannot judge that at all. Yeah, I would actually hope that that's not a that I don't know where that started, but I'm really hoping that that's not a real thing. So, um, this is GoBeef77 with Gary Anderson looking at a full recruiting class for 2016. Do you have any insights into what positions we are specifically looking to fill? Also, where do you expect to see cuts in attrition? We kind of have addressed that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, cornerback, or, you know, I, I see some help at corner, and then the big the big push right now is that linebacker defensive end position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you, we know we know how badly they need help there. Uh, yeah. That yeah. went from an area, not linebacker necessarily, but 
Uh, I think the defensive line for both Angie and I was like one of the universal areas going into the year where we were like, hey, you feel really confident about that group. Uh, and injuries have played a huge part, but overall, just the performance of of the whole, you know, the whole the whole thing there, the whole enchilada of those guys filling in, it just it mm-hmm. hasn't really worked out really well at all. So uh, linebacker, you always need a good core back there, kind of keeping, you know, help the defense, help the secondary, help the pass rush. Um, but defensive line, you got to get after the quarterback, and they have just really struggled at times in that area. Yeah, completely. It's the pass rush has been abysmal this year. But yeah, I'm um, with you. And and big bigger linebackers. I think uh, you know we've seen some big size inside linebacker type guys. Mm-hmm. So um, it it goes back to strength and, and physicality. That's that's what they want. Yeah. Uh, you got any more? Um, Zebra Beef asked what happens to Guyton's scholarship. Does he stay on it um, if he remains at OSU, or does it become available immediately for another athlete? Um, he loses it, doesn't he? He's dismissed. He loses it. Yeah. I, I, th- I mean, he obviously, I think, would have it for the rest of the term. But, yeah, he would not receive another scholarly outside of football or anything like that. Because when they sign those agreements and they sign on to commit and play, those are... They have to stay in good yeah, standing. Yeah, it's contingent on them being at athletics. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, any more? That should do it. Okay. Thank you guys for all the damn questions. We we uh, really appreciate it. We're getting we're still getting good numbers. I'm I was like expecting a huge drop off in podcast uh, podcast listens based off how the team's playing. But hey, you guys are fantastic. Uh, subscribers are doing really well on iTunes. So we even our fans are loyal. It. They are loyal. They are. You know. They're with you thick and thin, so thank you. And we're gonna we're about to test out that loyalty uh, by wrapping up the podcast with this. Angie, yes. what are you watching right now on television? I'm not watching anything right now. <laughs> but uh, if you're asking what I watch a lot of Pac-12 Network, Such honestly, smartass. I I am a smartass. Um, <laughs> but okay, so I haven't watched TV in a long, long time. Like uh-huh. just like got into a show really. But I have to admit, I've been watching Quantico on. Sunday nights, and then the one I really like is—is is it Blind Spot? The one with the lady with the tattoo that they're solving mysteries. Are you making up shows right now? No, I'm not. Quantico. <laughs> Quantico. It's what on, channel is that on? I don't know. One of the general ones. Oh, like network television, network. like yeah, ABC, yeah. NBC. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those. Oh, on like Sunday you don't night. watch any? You don't watch any like HBO? Oh yeah, but not right now. I'm waiting for. Um, what is it? House of Lies. House of Lies. That Showtime. No, I think that's a with, Showtime. I love that one. Yeah. Don Cheadle, the Don Cheadle one. Dude, oh, and that, maybe that is HBO. I get. Those... I don't know. It's one. It's, it's Showtime or HBO, but it's not. The new season hasn't started. Kristen Bell and Don Cheadle. Love that show. Okay. Um, let's see. What am I watching right now? I was thinking this the other day. So I like. There's only a couple network shows I'll watch. Like I'll watch uh, Modern Family. I think that's always going to be funny. They hit it. And I watch Blackish. I don't know if anybody else watches that on ABC. It's got like Anthony Anderson in it, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross, who was in that Girlfriend show. Uh, I, I think it's kind of funny. It's network television, so it only you know it only has a limit. But I think it's pretty funny for for network TV. I am really into. Uh, I was catching up on Veep. I didn't watch Veep when it first came out with uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus. Okay, yeah. But I'm like two episodes away from being completely all the way caught up because that season's about to kick off. And I will say this. I think this season of South Park is the best one they've ever had. Okay, see, I need to watch it. I haven't watched South Park in years. So, oh, I in love years? It, it's been a while. 
You referenced it before we started the I, I pod. Do. I, I, I thought love, you like just I, missed I the last South two Park. episodes. But no, I haven't. I haven't watched it for a long time. That's oh. what having kids does. Angie, I don't want to ruin anything, but I am going to say this. The Yelp episode, like, first of all, they've all been fantastic. I love the PC principle and the mocking of just how freaking hurt everybody gets over every everything. stupid thing. It's like, if you stupid don't... Starbucks cups, I mean, everything. Seriously. Yeah, how about that? Like, who the hell gets mad about no festive things on a cup for coffee? Like, it's red. Red it's is red. the it's universal festive. Christmas color. Like, move on. Who cares? People have way too much time on their hands that's all i have to say i mean it's gotten to the point on facebook that i've had to just like i hide people now i just i don't want to unfriend them but my dude i really don't care about all your little rants and you know oh you get people that are like oh the government in my day used to not care or like i don't know what happened to people back in my day i know it's starting to sound like the old man that walked up uphill the school both ways in the snow it's just like shut up like no when your no, no, day Park, was happening they, it was not the same it was it or it wasn't drastically different a lot of this was the same you were just too stupid back in your day to notice any of it yeah so south park i mean i i have seen a few of the little songs they've done on the whole pc and my safe space and some of these, but I need to watch it. I need to catch up. But yeah, I I was saying the, uh, so they had all good episodes, but they have a Yelp episode where they pretty much make fun of people who, who take themselves seriously on Yelp for reviews. <laughs> like they call themselves food critics. <laughs> these big fried ups. And anyways, it's a really good episode and it ends with maybe the best musical number South Park's ever had. Okay. I'll just I, say I that. I won't even it. tell you the name, the title of that song, because first of all, if there are kids listening, it's really inappropriate. And second of all, I don't want to give anything away to you. Okay. Well, no, I'm, I'm, you've piqued my interest now, so tonight, game is on. Yes, you have got it. So no, I, I, yeah, I just haven't. I, we, my husband likes uh, Game of Thrones. I love Game of Thrones. So yeah, we are caught up on Game of Thrones now. Um, I, it's just too much. There's like too much going on. I, I, I like. I like I like Dexter. I wa- we watched all of the Dexters. I never got into Dexter. It got a little gruesome, but um, I mean it was it was good. Um, I don't know. I see. I'm such a girl, though. I mean, OC is still I think my all time favorite show oh, of geez. all time. Oh jeez. Yes, the OC. Is, yeah. That to me, the first couple of seasons of OC, that was like can't miss TV. Okay, I can admit I was a huge OC addict. Nice. Now, they lost me the last two seasons, yeah, yeah. but the first two seasons I still stand by. I'll say this. They rushed the story plots on a lot of issues in the first season because I think you do that in network TV because you think you're going to get canceled. They don't know. Yeah, they don't know if they're going to get, yeah. Had they changed that a little bit, they may actually have a good run, but that season, I'll put that first season up. I'm serious about this. I think that first season of that show, I'll put that up against any other show's first season now you can give me sopranos you can give me the wire and for obvious reasons the some wire of good sh- i've not watched the wire the wire is really good okay. uh all the hype about the wire it deserves it those shows it just depends on your personality i think but i mean obviously with violence and the, the mobs and the drug cart like just everything they're great but the oc especially on network television one of the best first seasons of all time yep i agree seriously all right well i agree that's what we we're go. watching there's our Always TV, uh, yes. our, our TV viewing experience. So, Cal, I have to ask, what's your what's your prediction? Vegas has this at twenty one and a half. 
Uh, the last yeah, time I didn't have it that big. Because I mean, Cal, frankly, they're they've lost four in a row now. Yeah. I, I said I, I'm not gonna we're not gonna I'm not gonna hash this out too much. I went twenty eight to twelve was my prediction. Twenty eight to twelve. 12 points, huh? I know. 12 could be a little high. They've only scored 25 in the past three games. Oh, my God. So here's kind of my thinking real quick. UCLA was an 18-point favorite, and they won 41 nothing. Utah was 23-and-a-half, and they covered the 23-and-a-half points. Cal really sucks. Like, Cal's not good. Uh, they, the, they might be the worst Power 5 bowl team if they ever win another game this year. Mm-hmm. that's in a bowl game. But Oregon State's in a really bad place, and they're dealing with so many injuries. Another you know, minor weapon in Guyton being dismissed. I'm going to take Cal. I'll take Cal 44. Um, yeah, I'll take Cal 44, Oregon State 6. Wow, okay. Look yeah. at that. Yeah, I just, 44. You, you have Goff putting up 44 points on the Bs? I mean, and, Chosen Rosen. And Rosen only put up 41? Yeah, well, I, Cal throws the ball like 50 times a game. Yeah, yeah, they do. And Perkins so this is game a, might actually be the longest game in the history of time. It might end up being that. You're right. You know, the other unfortunate part, too, is um, Cal's defense is like, if they had, if the Beavers had any semblance of an offense, they'd win this game because Cal's defense is probably worse than Oregon's at this point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Sucks. Yeah, I picked a really bad week to start my um, low carb diet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with that. Oh my goodness! All right, well, we'll just end there. Angie's on a no carb diet, so she's a little cranky. If you see her, do not offer any breads, <laughs> deep fried foods, candies, or <laughs> pastas. She will punch you in the face. Exactly. I'm not kidding. Uh, thank you to everybody for the damn questions. Again, tough season, but we appreciate all the listens that we're getting, all the interaction. Uh, it's a lot of fun for us. Oregon State doing big things. We broke some news uh, in recruiting and the recruiting ranks and re- and world for. I haven't even uh, tweeted it yet. Look at that. You should go tweet it as soon as you can. I'll put out this uh, podcast for film or recording this at 4:30. On a Thursday, it should be out in the next 10 minutes or so. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun talking television. Again, think about the 97 team compared to this team. Three wins in 97, two wins for this team. What are the differences to you? Beaverblitz.com or at Brandon's Break at Angie Machado 1. It's been a good time. Look forward to the Oregon State Cal game. See what Oregon State can do. And we'll be back again next week for another edition of the Damn Podcast. Go Beavs.